Welcome to The Bridge, fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. I'm originally from California, and now I am living in beautiful Wuhan, China. Today with me is Bebe. Yes. Hi, Jason. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. We are in the midst of a very interesting period in economic history because a lot of people are predicting a huge downturn, maybe globally, maybe localized to the North America Mm. and Europe, but it's not clear right now if things are going to get better or worse, but people are suffering Mm -hmm. because of inflation. I just looked at some of the data. Mm. Credit card debt in the United States is dramatically rising. So during the pandemic, credit card debt dropped. There was a huge dip that brought it down to about 2016 levels because Mm. I think my assumption is that people were paying off a lot of their debt with the money that they were getting from the government. And also they were probably not spending as much because they can't get out as much. Right, yeah. yeah. Recently, in the last six months, months or so, credit card debt has dramatically rised and it's worse than it was pre-pandemic. So as bad as it's ever been in the US. Mm. So I thought it would be interesting for us to look at budgeting, but not just budgeting, but how to get rich without a gimmick. Well, that's a much better way of saying budgeting (laughs) because like allergic to words such as uh, organize, get organized or like do your budget, (laughs) budgeting. These are not like in my dictionary. My wife gives me a monthly allowance and that is the maximum (laughs) amount of money that I'm allowed to spend that month. She At the beginning of each month, (laughs) she disperses a certain amount of money to me. I'm not going to say because Uh and then I can budget within that Mm -hmm. if I want. I can say, okay, I will spend less money on food so I can have more for something else Uh or whatever. But that's the maximum amount of money that I get to spend. And then she pays the bills and keeps the rest and Mm. we save pretty Pretty effectively, actually. That's good. Well, is that like a common practice? I know it's a common practice, uh, at least in Japan and Korea. Mm, mm. In China, somewhat, I think they're just people do it different ways. Well, is it common in the States? though? No, not really. Right. I think it is among certain classes of people who, you know, generally end up in a better position later in life. Mm. Personally, a friend of the show, Morris, told me many years ago, I asked him, how should I save money? He said, you don't make enough money to save money, Jason. (laughs) Well, he's a real friend. (laughs) Actually, it was the best financial advice I ever got. Mm. I really thought about it and took it to home. And I focused for several years on improving my income Mm. and actually getting focusing not on saving money and stressing about that, but actually shifting to trying to make more money, trying to get a couple of promotions. Mm. And that really helped. And then a few years ago, because I had not previously been saving well, Mm. my wife and I kind of shifted gears to a different outlook on money. Mm. And since that time, my wife and I have been saving money very, very effectively. Now, what was that different outlook? Like, What what are the differences between then and now? What changed? And what I'm not a huge fan of Warren Buffett, (laughs) but this comes from Warren Buffett. Mm -hmm. He says, instead of spending your money Mm. and then saving what you have left over, Mm. which is what most people, I think, do Mm -hmm. naturally, especially in the United States. They spend and spend and spend and they're like, well, this is what I have left. 
I could save that, but it's not very much now. So mm -hmm. I guess I'll just go buy this other thing. So they end up not really saving mm -hmm. or some tiny emergency comes up and they lose all their money. So he says reverse that. Mm -hmm. Instead, when you get paid, take your savings aside and put that in a separate account. Mm -hmm. And then what's left is what you get to budget out to live your life for the month or quarter or year. Okay. So mm. tur turn it on its head and save First, that's what people should be doing first is determining what they're going to save. A lot of people decide on a percentage mm -hmm. or a certain amount or a, a round number. Mm -hmm. And that helps that helps a lot. But I don't think that I can just offer the best advice myself. So I did get some resources ready for our conversation. Sure. Hey, you know, one thing I noticed, like in the States, there are like loads mm -hmm. of uh, self-help books, right? And a lot of them are about how to save money <laughs> and how to get mm, rich mm, mm. and quick, right? How to become a, yeah. a millionaire. Probably not a lot has been mm -hmm. written about how to become a billionaire, but maybe it's on the way. Um, but you don't, yeah. you don't see yep. <laughs> as much of that in China. Really? You know, there are not a whole lot of, at least I haven't come across them. Wow. Because... I think it's um it's like a part of the culture mm -hmm. like it's something we learn involuntarily from our parents interesting that we don't really need to read about it right i mean saving money and all that mm. it's not rocket science it's more like a habit i was actually looking at the statistics recently and compared to their global peers chinese folks are the best at saving money they save something like 40 to 45 percent of their income you know why so so yeah i don't know why please tell us all so we can uh, i think all the ears are turned up right now i think <laughs> the reason is um a lot of the chinese people a lot of population were poor you know decades ago mm. and when you mm. are poor you actually save more mm. because you feel insecure mm. right if you have to spend most of your income on the basics then you feel like I got to have something in case of emergencies. And when you are mm. not as well off, you are more sensitive to uh, emergencies that you want to get ready. But when mm. you're, you know, pretty well off, comfortable, then that sense of, uh, what's the word? Weiji gun, like sense of hmm, something bad might happen. Weiji is like, uh, what's the word for that? Hey, um, like something bad happens unexpectedly, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like the pandemic, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So you, you like for, for the people who are not as well off, they are actually psychologically mm. and probably physically better prepared to deal with that. Mm. But for the, you know, well off there, they've been living comfortable yeah. lives for years and years and then mm -hmm. they forget about it, you know? Mm -hmm. Like they, they're not mentally ready for that. So they I, feel I like, yeah, saying. they feel like the future will be just like this. I'll have a decent yeah. income and everybody is going to be relatively healthy. And we're going to have a vacation <laughs> or two, you know, every year. Mm -hmm. um, so I think really the, probably the root of the reason why mm -hmm. a lot of Chinese save more is because they didn't have a lot uh, decades ago. Mm. That's why the younger generations here in China, they don't, they don't save. Like they statistically, probably, that's not true. They still actually are saving just as well as their parents. The younger generation. Yeah, yeah. The the 30s, the actual 20s? line of well, statistically, Chinese people. Mm. If you look at the statistics, are just as good now at saving money as they were twenty years ago as a total demographic. Okay, I think it's probably the parents and grandparents. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're so they're just saving more to make up for their kids' excess. I know. Yeah, they look at their kids' ways of spending. They're like, "Oh goodness, mm. I gotta save more." Like <laughs> my parents are like that. Mm. You know, they look at the way I spend money. I'm not like extravagant, but mm -hmm. I uh, I don't count things as much. I don't calculate as much and. Mm. 
for my mm. my mom, you know, the way I spend money is like, oh my goodness, how are you going <laughs> to live like that? So, you know, they tend to save more mm. so that I, <laughs> they're like saving for my future. <laughs> and for them, it's um, it's a way of life and mm. it's, you know, they're good habits. Um, so I think that's the bottom of it from my perspective. Mm. That makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. The best military commander is not he who fights a hundred battles and wins every one of them. The best military strategy does not lead to the desiccation of the enemy's capital city. Decoding the art of war will help you understand why there's no art in war and how Xunzi stayed undefeatable using the science of war with fun stories and insightful breakdown of famous battles. Tune in to Decoding the Art of War on Spotify. You're listening to The Bridge. Occasionally, Forbes or Bloomberg or whoever, they do an article about how people who make $250,000 a year are not able to save and are also living paycheck to paycheck, to which, you know, Mm. everyone in my class, which is not that class, looks and is like, what is going on? And actually, what you Mm. said makes a lot of sense. They have so much that they're not worried about what's going to happen. So they're just spending as fast as they're making money, which is crazy when you're making less than $100,000, looking up at these people who are making so much money and just seeing them fritter it away. And the thing is, like when you make more money, your spending habits will change. Mm. When you feel like it's not just a windfall, right? Mm. When you have a windfall, you probably save a bunch because you know it's not going to happen again. Mm-hmm. But if you have a steady salary, you've had it for like a few years and yeah. you feel like that's gonna, it's only going to rise, mm. then you're going to get a bigger house. You're going to get a nicer car, Mm -hmm. right? You're going to send your kids to private schools. (laughs) And these are all big money. Mm -hmm. And so you end up with probably less in savings. Mm. And I see that um, the way my, um, the several uh, nannies and helpers I've had around um, for our house, Mm -hmm. I've had, I think, at least three. And I I bet they all have more in savings than Mm. I have. Wow. I make a little bit more than they do. Right. Mm. Not like a whole lot. Yeah. But their habits are different and they go look for the cheapest housing arrangements. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like when you think about renting in Beijing, mm. yeah. you probably think of like, let's say 8,000, 10,000 RMB per month, somewhere around there. Like if you live in the inside the city yeah. um, for a family, it could be even more expensive. Yeah. But for the. Um, uh, like the helpers we have, mm-hmm. uh, nannies we've had mm-hmm. and cleaners, they pay like 500 Wow! for some like small apartment. Yeah. Apartment. I thought you were going to say like share a room or something. <laughs> like my current, I guess I call her Ayi. She's not a nanny, but she, you know, she comes over. She helps mm-hmm. with cooking and cleaning for a few hours a day. Uh, fortunately for like many mm-hmm. years, basically. So she used to live somewhere even a little bit further away. Mm-hmm. Mm. And she pay like what was it five hundred maybe, mm. and that's like wow, what, what kind of place is like that? <laughs> For our North American listeners, really quick, she's just said that they're renting an apartment in downtown Beijing, or I guess close. To- no, not downtown, like periphery of Beijing, suburb. Ninety dollars a month, yeah, a month, which is wow. And for her, and that's for her, like you know, her and her husband and their mm. their kid has, uh, <laughs> is like in some kind of um uh school, like school where they live in the school. 
boarding school. Mm. Yes. Anyhow. Mm. And now last year, I think that village in which she used to live was kind of demolished. Like they, they're going to renovate the whole mm. place. So she had to go look for a new apartment. Mm. And she came back the next day. She, she was like, oh, complaining about the rent, the new rent. I was like, oh, you know, how much this new place? They're like, we're really going to splurge it this time. <laughs> we're going to get like a really nice place. And it costs like a thousand. Oh, wow. Over a thousand RMB. Amazing. So that broke the, uh, that's what, like 150? Yeah, 150, 160. That, yeah. yeah. And they have, but the, the, the heating is weak in the winter times. Mm. And I don't mm. think they have um, well, air conditioning. Could I say, that. Yeah. I, have, I have a friend, her name Kira. She lives in Michigan, which is also really cold in the winter. And she said people in Michigan, they don't spend money on heating like their home as much. They, they deheat their home a little. Mm. But what they do is they just bundle up inside. And she mm. always, was always confused because she lived in Beijing for a little while. That's where I met her. Mm. And she was always confused how every home in Beijing has automated heating like and, and she was like it costs so much to do this why doesn't everyone just wear more clothes inside well that's how we <laughs> used to do it in the south mm. but in Beijing it mm. gets so cold like minus 17 Michigan is like on the border with Canada that's we're talking true. it's cold there yeah we'll see habits okay oh yeah 2,500 years ago, an old man rode on his buffalo and headed west of China. Before he vanished into the wild, he left behind a book of 5,000 words, which for the next two and a half millennia would have shaped the Chinese way of thinking. Subscribe to the sayings of Lao Tzu and find out why generals with wisdom yield after winning the ultimate battle and how staying behind just might help you get ahead of others. The Sayings of Lao Tzu is available on all major podcast platforms. You're listening to The Bridge. actually tell a story like your story. Oh. I was living in um, mm. Panjaiwar in Beijing in my first couple years there. Uh -huh. And my wife's mother came to live in Beijing too to start a restaurant or something. It was complicated. I was paying at that time, this was 10 years ago, I was paying four or 5,000 RMB a month, which was, you know, okay. it, was, it was a cheap a cheap apartment. For 10 years ago, it was still, mm -hmm. you know, normative, I thought. And I thought I had a great deal. When my friends were paying 6,000, I was paying 4,000 RMB, which is like seven or 800 dollars. Mm -hmm. a month. And then she moved into her apartment and I went to see it. It was not as nice as mine, mm. but she was paying like 2000 RMB. And I was just like, how did this, how did you, mm -hmm. where did you even find this? Because I went to look for the cheapest apartment. She moved to the same neighborhood. She was also mm -hmm. in Panjaiwar, which is, you know, third ring, which is not downtown, but it's close. Mm. Like, and she managed to find an apartment half the cost of mine. When I looked, I looked everywhere. I couldn't find, <gasps> where do they hide these super cheap apartments that it's impossible for normal people to find them? I don't know, but it was amazing. Like, so yeah. Through friends or did she go to a agent? She's better at shopping than me. Just like mm. her strategies at shopping are superior to mine. And it it's just like, I don't have that skill, whatever it is. So, yeah. Or maybe she was just more persistent. You know, in, in America, that's mm. just not true, though. You can't just go find a cheaper place because everyone's watching the market. Like, so mm. if you want to rent a place and you want to and you're like in Austin, 
you see your you know people two blocks away raise the rent, you raise the rent. Hmm. And so everyone cannot just find a cheap apartment. What Americans are doing now is getting roommates. Mm. Like people, they're either A, moving in with their parents, which I think a lot of people are doing. Mm-hmm. And they're B, B, and you see this everywhere in the media now, people are moving in with roommates. They're not people they even know necessarily, just roommates. So because, you know, you can't always find a friend who wants right. to live in the same area of town mm-hmm. as you. So people are getting two or three or even four roommates and sharing an apartment with like, Two bedrooms, which I think is, you know, really interesting. It's kind of a little sad, but I mean, it's also really interesting that this, you know, new economy is forming. But these might be be new trends in the States, but I got to say, these are like old tricks, if you call it that, in Mm -hmm. the rest of the Mm -hmm. world, right? Um, I mean, it's it's luxurious for Mm. young people, especially to live in an apartment all by themselves, unless you're somewhere remote, you know, there are not that many people. But like, if you work in cities, like young people here in Beijing, they don't get apartments all to Mm. themselves. Yeah. You know, uh, when they start off, they're always Mm. sharing. And even that comes out to be pretty expensive. I'm not as sure about that, but I have seen some movies with Joe Dongyu where she shared an apartment. Movies? Chinese movies. She was sharing an apartment that had been subdivided by like, I don't know, planks of wood or something. And there were like 10 people living in a really large apartment. (laughs) So it was like they had just subdivided it out like cubicles that that went way really high. (laughs) I've heard of it. Yeah. I've never seen it, but I think Mm. it's possible. But it's a... What's what? What do you call it? a safety hazard? Yeah, it's not recommended. I don't. Also, don't think it's common. I think it's like more for like people who are just moving to the city and they have right. no money. Yeah, and they're so excited about finding new opportunities that they don't yeah. care about their living conditions as mm-hmm. much. Um, but there is one thing I do want to talk to you about. Something I don't quite understand, mm-hmm. and that is debt. Yeah. Right. So when you read about how to become a millionaire or how to save and all that, mm. the first thing they talk about is always to get out of debt. Yep. It's becoming more of a thing like people hear about it a little bit more because the way the younger people now live you know they they're getting used to borrowing money but in the states mm. you hear about it all the time it's, yeah it's crazy and it's something that um like a lot of chinese people don't understand because back i remember back in like when i was little right like 80s 90s and even further than that, like people are not in debt. Like when you, when someone is in debt, you will have to go pay a visit. Oh, what happened? <laughs> Did someone get sick? Mm. Is something catastro- catastrophic? Catastrophic must have happened for someone to get in debt. Mm. Um, it's very uncommon. Now, of course, nowadays people have mortgage, but I don't consider mortgage as debt. That's just mortgage. Oh yeah. A million, a billion. Or maybe a gazillion years ago, a giant split open an egg. Then came the lady giant who made people. And Mr. Curious, the botanist. Mr. Handyman, the baron on the tree. This is our new season of Chinese Folk Tales, and we will explore the ancient mystical world together. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. You're listening to The Bridge. 
also the typical mortgages in China, the interest rates are about half as what they are in the US. But I wanted to talk about this too, really quickly. I want to do a couple quick definitions. Sure. When we're talking about getting rich guys, we're only talking about saving up a couple million dollars by the time yeah. you retire. Yeah. I, I'm not talking about becoming like a hundred millionaire or whatever. We're not talking about <laughs> that level of rich. So okay. also, yes. So I have this article. Oh, and also not gimmicks. I want to back up. Mm-hmm. Not So we're not talking about pyramid schemes. We're, we're talking about- what, what is that? A pyramid scheme is where you buy a product that is related to how many people will buy the same opportunity to sell that product beneath you. So isn't that like illegal? It's not. Okay. So it's not proper. There there are two kinds of, of these pyramids, these get rich quick schemes. One involves you give me a certain amount of money and then you sell this opportunity to someone else, which is illegal. Mm. And there's another one where they actually use it as a sales marketing tool. Mm. So you buy the opportunity to be a salesperson by buying pr- a certain amount of products. And then you sell the opportunity to be a salesperson to the next group of people. Mm-hmm. And if you can get a certain certain amount of people under you who are selling or quote unquote selling product with you, then you get a certain amount of their commission and you keep making more. Ideally, if you're in the first Mm -hmm. 10 or 20 people to get in on one of these things where 10,000 tens of thousands of people get in, you will be actually make some money. But most people can't sell the product. Most people aren't actually not natural salespeople. And most people end up with a garage full of useless Tupperware. Oh, yes, exactly. Or like makeup or shampoo foundation. Oh, especially masks, like for women. (laughs) I've I've not heard of that one. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, yeah, everybody like, you know, it's assumed that women need masks, not like for (laughs) the pandemic, but for like hydrating their skin. Wow. And it's like, this seems like an easy sale, but I've heard of it. And there's this, this couple, they are like super billionaires. Mm. And that's exactly what they have been doing mm. for years online. Mm. And I think now they're caught in some way. Like they, um, they have huge tax problems. Wow. We haven't heard about them for, for a long time, well, but there's so many people complaining online mm. because just as you said, they ended up with like rooms <laughs> full of all these lipsticks that they can't sell and the couple end up making all the money. But I just wanted to point out that's not what we're recommending here. We're I, I started with this article. I have several pieces of information here, but this is Dave okay. Ramsey. And I didn't actually know this guy was famous, but one of our producers was like, oh, I know who he is. I used to listen to him on the radio all the time. He's super famous. Huh. And so, yeah, okay. uh, he wrote an article for Yahoo Finance. Here's the quickest right way to become a millionaire. I see titles like that and I just skip <laughs> I don't think there's like a a quick way to become rich. This is not quick. He says quickest. Huh. I think that word is meant to get people to read it, but he's really talking uh-huh. about 20 to 30 years of saving carefully. Okay. So I have read through this article. Uh, <laughs> You're and like, that's it? <laughs> well, the, I mean, you actually pointed out their most important thing. And what he he recommends, the very first thing you need to do is pay off debt. Mm-hmm. This is not a problem for me, mm-hmm. but it has been in the past. But the main thing he says is actually counterintuitive. And it's the opposite of what Warren Buffett says. Okay. So a lot of people will say, pay off the debt with the highest interest rates first, because mm-hmm. those are the ones cost you the most money. But actually, Ramsey says, don't do that. Most people, he said, are not motivated to pay off their debt effectively unless they feel like they're getting somewhere. So he says, focus on the feeling. Line up your debts on on a piece of paper and choose the one that is the smallest debt. 
and pay that off first. Ah. And then the next smallest, he says the reason for this is to make the person feel as though they're getting somewhere because there's hmm. less I gotcha. total debts, mm. plural, as in the plural of them there so that the person feels like they're successful in getting somewhere with paying off their debts. Obviously- Like taking small but effective steps. Yeah, making yourself feel, oh, you know, like a little you know reward. Hey, I did it. I paid this one off. Them. Yeah, I paid this one off. Yay, I'm so- mm. I'm so happy I can do this and they'll work on the next one. And he says this is more effective for his, uh, the people who listen to his advice than trying to pay off the one that is most difficult or the one with a high, you know, and you can't and also, yes. And also saving money According to the later in the article, you're saving a percentage of money. You're getting a percentage of money. You can't make as much money on your investments as they will get is a percentage of the debts that you owe. So a credit card, for example, let me try to explain this differently. If you have bad credit and you have a large credit card bill, Mm. you could end up paying 14, 15% interest on that. So if you, if you invest your money in like uh, the stock market, well, you know, in a 401k and you do it well, you might make seven or eight percent interest, mm. ideally, ideally over the yes. long term. Mm. So if you can't invest your money in the stock market, if you have fifteen thousand or twenty thousand or ten thousand in credit card debt, because you're paying more to service your debt than you can make in interest investing your money. Mm-hmm. So there's no way to invest your money to become right. rich unless you pay off your debts first. So that's step okay. one. Sounds reasonable. Okay, step two. All right. So step two is to then budget. You actually do have to take the paper out or, you know, if Mm. you prefer a computer and a spreadsheet or Word or whatever works for you. And you- Or ask your wife. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. You need to create an actual plan. And most people will choose in America a 10 or 15%. Okay, this is how much I can put aside. But if you could be like a Chinese saver, Mm. statistically, if if you could save 40% of your income, you're going to get up there a lot faster. Faster. Also, let's do 40 percent and eat cucumber and potatoes and tomatoes for the rest of the month. <laughs> you know, I do like ramen noodles. I'm, I'm just saying <laughs> they're not healthy, though. We love them. Everybody mm. loves ramen noodles, but they're mm. just not healthy. I but know they're so ahead. salt. Yeah, but you could you could buy vegetables <laughs> and stuff. Uh, we're going to get into how to budget later in a different article. Um, what's really important is that you start investing that money. So as soon as you have enough, it needs to go into like for your Americans, they have something called a 401k. So that means mm. you can invest in a retirement fund that's designed for you to invest your money in stocks and, and things like that. And you can watch your money gradually appreciate. Never mess with that. You know, like you should move. You mm. don't go in there and, okay, I made some money. Let's play the game. No, no, no. Don't try to play the stock market, Just- guys. Like <laughs> put it in there and leave it in there and like mm-hmm. invest in solid things and like let mm-hmm. it grow for 20 years. Ideally, if you're doing something called indexing, which means investing your money across the entire market fairly evenly. Yeah. Sounds like I have a few million to do that. <laughs> you just a few thousand, you just very evenly distribute that. You can make about 7% you know, or 8% over a period of 10 or 20 or 30 years. Mm. I don't think a lot of people understand how that interest compounds over time. If you're getting even money back at all, put it back in constantly rolling it over into itself. Mm. After 20 or 30 years, your money is going to be a lot more. And that's where you can actually get, if you're saving 10 or 15 or 20, or ideally a lot more, Mm -hmm. you can actually become a millionaire by the time you retire. Mm. And that's what this article is all about. Evenly 
carefully, just taking a little bit of your money at a time mm-hmm. and, and just investing that away. You know, I do this in China, but I don't invest mm. in stocks because I don't honestly know how <laughs> here in, in right. China. Well, but I, this is not the good time to do that anywhere, I think. It's rocky time. Invest in CDs. 4% is still, you know, there's actually this rule called the rule of 4%. Mm. And so if you can make 4%, which you can in China, by walking into a bank and just putting the money in the bank, and that's what I do. This is the money we're talking that summer my wife saves. It's not my budgeted amount. Mm. And we put this in CDs and, you know, it's not a lot of money that we're making, but if we get enough, then when by the time we retire, we can service our retirement by the following method. So please listen in, folks. This is pretty simple and this is the rule of 4%. If you Mm. think about how much money you ideally want to have, and I'm not talking a crazy amount. Think about like- Let's be realistic. Look at your paycheck now and pretend like you want to have that same paycheck when you retire every month for you know forever mm. then just reverse engineer what you would need to invest if you could have four percent if you could make four percent interest on a total investment and that four percent interest equaled the amount of money that you're currently making okay all that that's all it is so then you try to save mm. and accrue interest until you make enough money to make the same kind of paycheck that you you would like to make when you retire what this means is if you can only spend the 4% interest that your total saved amount produces, then you can have the same amount every year forever. Mm. But, you know, uh, some people do better job than that. So so there's some tricks like you have to think about interest and, uh, you know, the changes in the market. So you might want to actually make 5% and only spend Mm. 4%. That way your money can actually grow during your retirement and you don't slowly become poorer (laughs) year after year. (laughs) So it is a little, it's a little complicated, Mm. but once you get the idea, guys, this is essentially how you build equity, how you build revenue. And who taught you that? A thousand articles that I read, you know, oh. you know when I when I was younger, I didn't understand this stuff. It was all like a giant magical mystery game of how do how does this work? Mm. And over time, now that I'm middle-aged, I finally understand it. If anyone who's listening, if you're in your 20s, I really wish I knew this in my 20s is something mm. I even read this is the title of articles. Mm-hmm. The, actually, there are articles that are entitled I wish I knew this when I was young. If right. you're listening and you are in your 20s this is how it's useless people they'll do never it. listen the, the, the <laughs> they'll have to stumble their way you know all the way into their early 40s and they w- wake up one day and say oh gosh if i don't make changes i'm gonna you know die in poverty <laughs> oh my gosh you just described my life <laughs> <laughs> well luckily right you have summer yeah and I, I i get the feeling that you know she is on top of things yeah so, it's not like we are not. It's like I think our minds are elsewhere. Mm. Um, I, I I'm that way. Like the the I don't really have plan mm. like about anything. <laughs> but the upside is that when it comes to finance, mm. I'm not extravagant, mm. right? Mm. Because I'm so interested in work. Mm. I'm not as I, I don't have attention to let's say you know on how I look or uh, buying fancy things mm. or showing off. I don't spend money that way. Mm. And if you control your expenditures on things that are pretty basic, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, food, things that you use on daily basis. And for me, I spend a lot of money on books. But Mm -hmm, hey, mm -hmm. they're still just books, right? Yeah. $20 a piece and less than that. I mean, adds up a little bit, but it's not going to like eat mm -hmm. away your wealth. Um, And I buy like the fancy things I buy are like pens (laughs) (laughs) and like notebooks Mm -hmm. (laughs) or stickers. So... 
I'm all right that way. So like I, I kind of um, try to things are within the limit that I mm. can handle. Um, but I do get the point. I think having like some form of plan mm-hmm. is good. Mm-hmm. Like you, you feel more secure that way. How do people save money? And I think this is something Americans especially need. Mm. So actually, there is I have an article here. 43 ways to drastically cut your expenses and save serious money by Ann Barker. This is from 2021. So it's fairly relevant to lifestyles now. But, you know, what I didn't see on this Mm -hmm. is alcohol consumption. I think this is a big problem for Americans. Actually, a lot of people around the world, you know, alcohol is not cheap. So, you know, Mm. don't, you know, going out and partying on Friday night, you got, that's one of the first things you guys got to think about, like cutting out. Hey, yeah, that's the thing. Drinks. Mm. You know how, uh, like in the States, when people go out to eat, they always get drinks first. And to be honest, for the Chinese people, that's just like, that's like stealing money. (laughs) You asking me to pay $7 for that little bit of liquid (laughs) with a slice of lemon, half a slice of lemon? Uh, wedged on top like most Chinese people don't pay for that (laughs) we're stinky that way it's a different culture like when it comes to drinking that's for like we can do another topic on it Mm, not that mm. I drink (laughs) but I feel like you know Chinese people they drink when they eat Mm. right it's at the dinner table Mm. and they'll bring a bottle yeah uh, or they get some beers, right? It's mm-hmm. it's not that expensive. Mm-hmm. But I think drinking is a little different. Like when you go to bars in Beijing, mm. a bars are designed for foreigners, mm. right? I mean, locals go there too, but it's like, it's another, it's a different culture. It is it's a very different. Well, there's the modern China tea shop around that is becoming increasingly popular we talked about it briefly before actually the prices are lower they're like more like okay. 16 to 20 okay two or three dollars um, rmb yeah two for for like a very nice cup yeah. of tea that's like not really it's not tea we should not really say it, it has huh. tea in it okay it's this mysterious <laughs> drink <laughs> yeah number one is the same as our our gentleman friend ramsey from the first article start a budget so that means no know, know where your money is going mm. you know pay attention to actually what you're spending your money on save first save first i actually did that for a little bit i did that twice Mm. okay so when i first started working in new york city Mm. and for the first few months i felt like i was making a decent income Mm -hmm. you know like uh in finance Mm. but after working for a month or two like i didn't end up with anything Mm. so i got curious i was like where did my money go (laughs) um and i took out a little notebook and i started writing things down like if i spent Mm. something right 20 mm. here, 10 there. I wrote it See, down. See, you worked in finance. See, this is this is perfect yeah, for you. Yeah, but then it wasn't my thing. I quit <laughs> after two years. <laughs> That's mm. as long as I could last. You were budgeting and you had a, your wonderful notebook, which, you know, you love notebooks. Uh, yeah. And so, and then I noticed how my money just leaked away because I, I used to work on Times Square. Mm-hmm. That's where my office was. Wow. Fancy. I It was fancy, but it was hard work. Um, then I used to walk back sometimes, Mm. um, and you know, you know, Fifth Avenue and Park Avenue and all that, you walk along streets like that. There were shops after shops, right? Uh. And then you go buy something (laughs) here and then a little bit of something there. Mm. I didn't really buy anything, Mm. you know, fancy, not luxury things, but still $20 here, uh, 15 there. Oh, cupcakes over there, like $8. Mm. And then after it. I kept track of that for uh, a few weeks. I noticed that 
my money literally was just leaking away on all kinds mm. of small items. And even though, you know, when you think of your salary, I probably was getting like a little over 3000 a month after tax, I think. Was it after? Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyhow, mm -hmm. seems like a lot, right? For a fresh graduate. Mm. But then at that time, I think uh, 1200 or 1300 was out for rent. Mm. So that will leave me less than 2000 and then parts of a few hundred would have to go for food. What year was that? 15, 16 years ago. Maybe more than wow. that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Because that sounds really affordable. You know, rent in New York City. Well, I was sharing yeah. with a, a roommate. Oh, oh. When I divided up what was left over, I really didn't have much on a per day basis. Mm, mm, right? Mm, if you mm. only have, let's say, $15,000 to spend for one month, mm. then that's like $50 per day. Mm. And if you buy something mm. small every day, almost every day, you're not mm -hmm, going to mm -hmm. end up with anything. So after that, I was like, okay, mystery solved. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe less walks. Let me just take the Metro and go straight home. <laughs> you know, the horses have those things like on the sides of their eyes. to Blinders. Blinders, exactly. You could get those on the mm. way home. <laughs> yeah, I'll look good, huh? <laughs> I don't have to pay for that. <laughs> no, but um, then it's going to become the new chic thing and you're going to be selling those. Uh, but then um, at the end of my two-year contract, I knew I was quitting. Mm. And also uh, my landlord had trouble with me cooking. So I actually, uh, you know, live somewhere mm. further away. Mm. Um, Ashley was like in, yeah, anyhow, I had to take the train every day, mm. but still. But you didn't see the nice shops because you were in the train. Exactly. All I had was like, you know, uh, crowded trains and books in front of me. <laughs> so I actually ended up saving a little bit of money. Mm. For the like the last two months or two or three months of my contract, mm. and rent was a lot cheaper. Wow! So yeah, that's how I found out. And then a few months ago, I started. Um, I got this new notebook, mm. and of it looks like did. it would really. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it looks like it would be really good for doing some <laughs> accounting works. <laughs> so I started writing down all the money I was spending. You know, things I was buying online. But then it got so scary. <laughs> <laughs> The list was so long. It was terrifying. <laughs> like, you don't notice it until yeah. you see them all lined up together. Mm. Oh, my goodness. It, it got so long yeah. that I was like, I, was, I can't do this anymore. And by do this means keeping track of it. <laughs> I don't have Alipay, which is a wait, uh, payment method here in China, but I do have WeChat. Pay, okay. And that's all I use to spend money. It's 100% mm. of all of my financial tra transactions. So right. sometimes when, I, you know, when I'm confused about where my money is going, I think that's not possible. Mm -hmm. And I'll, go, I'll look <laughs> through what I've been spending money on. And then very quickly, I'll be like, okay. yeah, I did this yeah. to myself. <laughs> <laughs> things really add up. Yeah, yeah little things. True. Just. It's a, it's a series of little things that just add up. But then, you know, you think of it as like, this is the joy of life, right? <laughs> you know, like $10 here for, for a popsicle <laughs> or like 20 there for a cup of bubble tea and like 30 there for that notebook. Mm. That's like, you know, sparks of in, in, in life. Mm. But then, of course, that's when you can afford it. Mm. If you can't, uh, these are things you need to cut out. Oh, yeah. Dunhuang, situated along the ancient Silk Road, where fine arts and divine beliefs merged with the natural world. It's where the East and West interacted and where the world's largest Buddhist art gallery still fascinates and amazes people today. 
place where stories of life and death, love and hatred, passion and desire, faith and sacrifice have been generated and told for 2,000 years. Dunhuang, a place born in legends. Buckle up for our new podcast, Why We Love Dunhuang, the one and only podcast that can take you to the fantasy world of Dunhuang and beyond through our audio tour. Listen and subscribe to the Why We Love Dunhuang podcast for free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. Why We Love Dunhuang? You will have your answers. Listening to the bridge. I want to go down this list eventually, but what I want to point out is one of the ways that I was able to save money was reevaluating what I thought entertainment was. Hmm. So instead of going out and going to a restaurant and going to a movie a lot, which I I still do just less, mm-hmm. I will I changed my habits to I'm going to go for a long walk in a park. Number two, this is after budgeting. First thing, get rid of your debt. Second thing, know where your money is going. Number two after that, I guess is number three, always use coupons when buying food. Mm. So like if you go to the grocery store, they do have those free Mm -hmm. letters, like free newspaper like looking letters in America Mm -hmm. that you can just pick up as you're walking into the store, literally. My mother studies it before she goes to the shop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what they used to do in America in like the 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s. That Mom Mm -hmm. or dad or grandma or whoever would sit there and look at what's for sale. And They're like, wow, look, yeah. that's for sale. We could comparison. buy, we could eat that this week. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Instead of, I want chicken. Oh, wow, pork is on sale. So you don't, instead of having chicken this week, you have pork. I think it's, a, it's just a different mindset. It's not more mm. difficult. Instead of thinking, I'm going to get whatever I want to eat. What do I feel like? Mm. Just go with, hmm, let's see what's on sale. And I'll find something yeah. I like among what's ever, whatever is on sale. It works out perfectly fine most of the time. Number three and number two work together in tandem. So it's always use a shopping mm. list. So th- this is something my mom taught me, actually, when I was a kid. She's never just go to the store and start buying. <laughs> like, you're just going to, wow, that looks right. nice. I'll eat that someday. And instead, like, make a list. These are the things that we, mm. you know, are going to eat this right. week that makes sense. And then you use that with your coupon in tandem to figure out what it is mm-hmm. you kind of meal plan a little bit in your head which is number four mm. and that way when you go to the grocery store or wherever you're going to buy your food you have a plan you don't just right. start buying everything that's shiny and the way they you know people who market at grocery stores the people that are behind the grocery store they have like master's degrees mm. in tricking you into buying stuff right. <laughs> they're smart at this exactly so, yeah. everything Everything is like there on purpose, uh, on the right shelf, Mm. at the right spot, so that you're more likely to buy Mm. it. I know they've they've got this all studied out. Mm. So we have to be really Mm. careful. Number number five is take your lunch to work. I don't do that because, you know, within the budget that summer allows me to have, Mm. I actually can't can afford to order some little things. I don't buy splurge, though. I I do Mm -hmm. budget what I'm what I'm buying. Mm. But, you know, it is a good idea because in America, it's different than China. So if in China, I want to buy something, some noodles around the corner, it doesn't cost ten dollars, right? Ten U.S. dollars to buy. It costs like a dollar or two. Mm. So in America, when you 
go around the corner from work to buy food, you're spending like $10, $15 on your lunch. Exactly. And that is, Which is a you lot. know, three yeah. or four thousand dollars a year. Mm. So if you could cut that down to a two or three bucks because you 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 planned more carefully, you're saving thousands of dollars. And I still remember um, one time we were getting lunch. This is when I was working on Broadway, and you know we all went off to lunch to get some. Some people got spaghetti. Um, There's this one lunch place. It was just buzzling. It was so crowded, mm. and I literally saw the one of the cooks threw in a bag of ramen noodles, mm. like some Korea ramen noodles, mm. and added an egg <laughs> and then sold that for like $7.50 <laughs> plus tax. Yeah. Now, for Asian, <laughs> even for someone who is not very conscious about spending, mm. that's outrageous. Yeah. I'll never pay for that. Mm. And I can get that for like 80 cents mm. <laughs> in a in a supermarket. Yeah. And and also pasta. You know how cheap it is to get pasta? Like just noodles? In China, especially. In China, like, also in the States. They sell it in these big tubes. It's like a, what is that? A cylinder of noodles that is all compact and tight in the store for mm. almost nothing. It's like, here, take this. It's just on the shelf for free. <laughs> practically you bring this like it's like two a dollar or two dollars right. you have enough noodles for like a month it is insane right and then when you go order it it's like what twelve dollars or even yeah, yeah, more it's crazy it's crazy and it's uh that's why i don't i mean they taste good but i don't mm. really get pasta or spaghetti in restaurants i just mm. I, I every time i see a plate i see the price tag in supermarkets mm. and it just doesn't make sense to me mm. but anyhow you guys get it you know when you need to Okay, so these for Americans, I think. Buy non-perishable items in bulk. You know, there's not a lot of bulks. This, we don't have Costco in China. It's not a, a thing. Mm. Most people in China, what I notice is people will go down and they buy what they're going to use for the day or two. But those are like fresh vegetables that'll mm -hmm. go off in a couple of days. Right. They do buy like enough noodles, like for like, or rice or whatever, like a bag of rice. Mm -hmm. But they don't buy like cases of Diet Pepsi or whatever. You know, like in America, you go to Costco and you buy like a... You know, I don't know what's the a plat, a, a big, huge box that has Pepsis in it. Right. There's like 50 Pepsis inside mm. and you bring that home and now you have enough Pepsi for the month or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's it, we don't it doesn't seem like that's a thing here to go buy like massive amounts of Pepsi or whatever. Well, first of all, people live in cities. They mm. don't have as much space. Right. Yeah. In the States, you can just put things in your garage and leave it there. <laughs> but here, you know, you're going to trip over them. Mm. And also just uh, habits like your eating habits. People don't drink as much soda. Mm. Like, can you, can you, I can't even finish a can of soda, mm. like the normal size. I, I don't drink soda. You know, they have mini cans in Asia. Those are about the right size. Mm. Oh yeah. The short, the short one. Yeah. It's, it's, it's literally just mini, but it's very cute. And because I noticed that I can never finish one can of soda, mm. like the normal size. So th these common, they're perfect. Um, even those, I don't really drink a lot of them. Mm. And also just, um, I, I think in the States. Things are actually pretty cheap. Mm. I know this is the wrong time to say it because things are different now. But back when I was there, um, if you go to Costco, um, like most things are there, the prices are really affordable if you compare mm. it to, you know, elsewhere, the mm. outside the country. So people tend to buy more and then they consume more. Mm. I mean, that's the whole um, design of capitalism, right? Mm, you mm, try mm. to make things cheaper and then in greater qualities and in the hope that people, more people will consume. Mm. Um, and they'll end up making more money and they'll try to make things even cheaper. It just goes on like that until people are, you know, sick with the things they shouldn't eat. Well, I would also just say 
stop drinking things that cost money. You know, juice is not good for you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just full of calories. Like if you want to have orange juice, Buy some just orange. switch to oranges, yeah. eat oranges. It's way better for you. And then just drink water. And buy kai shui. Like, seriously. That's that's the drink. What's kai shui? Buy kai shui. You don't know what that is? Buy means white. Mm. Kai shui means boiled water. So just, just cool <laughs> boiled water. That's what people here in mm. China drink, right? And maybe some tea if you like it. And and these are practically free. There's a There are so many things on this list. We're not going to be able to get to them all. I want to go over some really fast. Sure. It says buy generic brands. Stop mm. eating out and don't shop when you're hungry. I wanted to mention don't shop when you're hungry because it, that's something yeah. my mom always told mm-hmm. me. If you need to go to the grocery store, make sure you eat breakfast first, then go to the grocery <laughs> store because- Your mom is really smart, yeah. It's like, then you won't be craving everything and be like, wow, I really mm. need that. I really need this because you won't right. be, You take the human part of the equation out of it and be like more rational. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. But stop eating out, which I kind of railed over, is important because, you know, I don't think you should stop eating out. I think that's not fair. You have I to think help the economy. E- eat out less often. Mm. You know, if you're going out two or three times a week, go out every week and a half or something. Mm. Just go out less often Mm -hmm. instead of not. I don't think it's fair to yourself Mm. to deny yourself the opportunity to go out to a restaurant with your friends or your husband or your wife or whatever with your family. Mm. I think you should just I think people should just do it less frequently. So that it's more precious. The experience seems more precious and you spend less money. And I think I didn't notice how much money you actually spend on Mm. eating out. Until the mm, pandemic, mm, mm, mm. when we stopped oh, yeah, yeah, going yeah. out. And after a while, because, you know, for the past two years or so, mm. we didn't go out to eat all that much, maybe a few times. And so you kind of, that kind of like went out of my uh, life for a bit. And then when I went back to it, you know, sometimes we go out and we have a meal and it costs you a hundred. And then I noticed, wow, we actually spend a lot of money uh, if we eat out. And let's say we take our daughter mm, out for mm, a day. Mm. So we eat lunch and dinner out. Mm. That can easily cost literally like uh, three per meal, 300 per meal. Mm. And if anything fancier, and then it's more than that. And you get dessert and like drinks and all that. So it's it adds up to a lot of money. Mm. But when I used to go out a lot, I didn't even notice it because I was, I was used to paying um, the money for eating out. Mm. but now I'm not used to that. And then the, the, the money kind of like jumps out at me. I would always yeah. go like, I like hiking and stuff like that. So one of the things I do is I go to like mountains and things. And I was always surprised. Mm. I am still surprised, you know, because I, I was raised in America for 35 years or something like one of these mm. locations out or at a park or at a mountain. I'm very surprised when I see Chinese folks open a bag and take out the food that they prepared at home. And I'm, I'm always like, <laughs> right. oh, I just brought my phone and I was going to like buy like hot dogs or something on the side of the mountain. And there's like nothing there on the top of the mountain. It's <laughs> just water. There is usually some place that you, because I always find it where I can buy something. Mm. And that's what I, I usually do. Mm-hmm. But it, it's always surprising where I'm just like, see a family suddenly like take their food out. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, wow, you know, that's just really a good idea. Why don't Why did I more people yeah. do that? But then it happens all over China. I, I want to skip a few mm-hmm. and just mention a couple that I think are my personal choices. Uh, cut bills and subscriptions you don't need. Mm. So, you know, like I know you guys love Netflix. <laughs> Well, yeah. But you know, I just read. I <laughs> well, don't some folks do. That. A lot yeah. of folks 
do. Mm. But you know, you don't need it. This one I'm a little torn on. I think it says cancel your gym membership. And you know, I think people can work out at home and a lot of people don't actually use their gym membership. Mm -hmm. Some people really do go to the gym. Mm. And for if you're one of those people who is using your gym membership and you actually go like two or three, four times, that's your thing. I get it. Yeah. People who actually do use your gym membership, maybe that's not the one to cut. But for the rest of us Mm -hmm. who just buy a gym membership and go for the first month, that's a good cut. And we buy it to feel like we go to the gym. (laughs) To to feel like we are you know, part of that discipline group. Mm. But if you know that you are not, why pay for it, right? <laughs> There's no way we're going to get through this list. I want to just mention one or two more. Sure. We mentioned this at the beginning of the show, 19 and 20, move in with your family. Hey, I was eyeing that one too. It, it saves money yeah. big time. If ever yeah. something happened financially to me, I would totally call my mom and say, hey mom, I'm moving back in. <laughs> I don't think that, I don't. And, what would and she I say? Find, she would be like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. Well, that's good. <laughs> my baby's coming home. Aww. That's good. So, you know, I think we finally do live in a culture because of the last few years where this is increasingly accepted Mm. in American society and culture because a lot of people are doing Mm. it now. I think it will have good ramifications on a a bigger scale, even Mm. though... Uh, I know we all like our liberty, right? Our freedom. Just to, I'm going to eat potato chips for dinner. <laughs> like, mom, you know, I don't want my mom here to say anything about it. Um, but if you, if we can just take that step, you know, if it's necessary, mm-hmm. right? And you have to move back home. I think it's another opportunity for us to yeah, to reconnect, yeah. right? To To learn how to deal with other people, especially your loved ones. And it can be challenging, but it's not impossible. Yeah, you know, I completely agree with you. And actually, I was thinking about this yesterday. Mm. I learned so many things about life from my mom. Mm. And I'm pretty sure that I didn't learn everything she has to tell me. Right. Like getting in touch with your family. They are older than us. Mm. And they do know things we haven't figured out yet. And you will be able to help your parents now that they're older. Mm, mm, And um, that will bring you fulfillment that you probably didn't know you could get from life. And I'm just saying that it's not just about the money. And I think because uh, the way capitalism has advanced so, so far ahead that the society has been Mm. shattered a little bit because everybody is so much on their own. Mm. Right. And it's not just about Mm. money, um, but it's sometimes it starts from there because people had more money they move further apart, they have bigger houses, then everybody's more spread out. And then slowly you just lose touch, you know, even with your close family members. And that has uh, consequences, right? The society in general won't be as coherent or won't stick together as well. Um, and that's consequence for that is way beyond money. It's, it's about the society and how people feel about uh, being with other humans. So I think don't, yeah, don't limit yourself. Maybe try it out. Move back home and save hundreds of dollars a month. And that could be a good start. Well, I completely yeah. agree with you. We are out of time. So I would like to mm-hmm. suggest to our listeners that you listen to our next episode for more insights and be part of Bridging East and West. Thank you for your time, baby. Thank you, Jason. We only have like 30 other points, but maybe some other day. All right. See you guys. Bye. Bye.